0: Well, good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of The Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. Uh, my co-host Ryan is still stuck in the fucking Stone Age with no internet, so I'll be doing this show solo. Uh, so you guys will forgive me if I don't have much to say and ramble on with the little bit that I do have. Uh, I see the OG army start to form up in the chat box. Always good to have you guys around. I uh, can't do a show without you. So um, apparently, I just need to pick out a topic and start talking. I was really, really, really hoping he was going to get his internet back today. Uh, For new listeners, my co-host Ryan lost his internet, oh God, three or four days ago, and I've been doing solo shows ever since, and this is not a solo show. Uh, Jay needs people to talk to. (laughs) I can ramble on for a little bit, but after that, I run out of things to say, and it gets boring really fucking quick. So if we don't get any callers in, I apologize in advance for how dumb the show is going to be. Uh, anyone listening is always more than welcome to call in and chat with me on the on the phone. Or if you are shy, you can go ahead and put your comments in the chat box and I'll respond to it there. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I saw a thread on the OG today where they were talking about how arcades are probably going away permanently because of this corona thing. And the sad matter, uh, sad fact of the matter is arcades have been going away for a long time uh, for anyone who's probably the under the age of, uh, 30, I would say you've probably even never seen a regular arcade. The only thing left now are those, uh, Dave and Buster type ones, which are more ticket games than anything else. Um, <laughs> sorry, reading the chat box, dude, I have no clue what the hell that means. So, <laughs> but, re- but regardless, uh, arcades back in the day were a big thing. Uh, I grew up in the eighties, uh, in early nineties, uh, where arcades were like the thing. Um, I, I, had my favorite arcade growing up, a little place called Silverball arcade. Uh, this guy did it right. Um, his entire arcade and it wasn't very big. It was in a little strip mall. So think about like your average strip mall size store, like a GNC or something like that. That's about how much space he had. Uh, and he filled that thing with nothing but pinball games and fighting games um he he, he uh, did pinball games cause i don't know why he picked pinball but it ended up being pretty popular because he had so many of them at that point pinball games had already kind of went away in arcades uh it was mostly just video games um but he decided he wanted to get a whole bunch of pinball games and set them up and he wanted he probably had four five six seven eight nine 15 or so uh pinball games which was a lot for a small arcade like that He filled the entire rest of the arcade with fighting games. He knew what his target audience was, and he knew what was popular back then. So you'd walk into that place, and you'd see all these pinball games, and then you go around a little corner where he had all the fighting games. And when I say all of them, he had fucking all of them, like Tekken 2, uh, Street Fighter, whatever it was on at the current time, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3, uh, Killer Instinct, Primal Rage, Samurai Showdown, uh, X Men versus Marvel, and then Capcom versus Marvel later on. Uh, excuse me, X Men versus uh, Capcom, and then later on uh, they made a new one called uh, basically Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, just basically any fighting game you could think of. A couple of other ones like he had whatever the current NBA Jam's game was, um, and a couple other things. But it was the fighting games that uh, really attracted the the crowd, and we had people come over from all kinds of different spots around the area because they knew that he had all the good fighting games. Uh, He also had the difficulty turn all the way to fuck up. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Goldie's like M2 Baraka, no one can defend. That was a fucking great game. And Mortal Kombat 2 just was just awesome. I think that was one of the big jumps in uh, fighting game advancement. Uh, Because Mortal Kombat itself was an interesting concept, but it was kind of clunky uh mortal Kombat 2 fucking just blew the roof off of all these other games uh and a lot of them played catch up for a while after that uh, i like the fact that you was actually a skill based game while we're while, street fighter while there's skill involved you could also do fairly well just fucking railing on the buttons and being dumb so uh, you couldn't do that shit with mortal Kombat because it, it had a lot more timing and stuff involved to it uh, my favorite game at the time was probably tekken 2 I liked it because I was in the video games, and like anything else I get into, uh, I was obsessive about it. And Tekken was awesome because it was fucking complex. You, it wasn't hit this button, roll, roll the controller half uh, and a half circle, and then hit this button. It was, you know, uh, left, right, left punch, right punch, left kick, right kick, left left punch, left punch, left kick, right kick. You know, just fucking ten fucking uh, button combos for all of the different characters. So you had to have good memorization skill and you know to fucking play this game at all and it had way more timing than most of the other ones too because you couldn't just go for some of them you couldn't just go like left punch right punch left punch right punch you have to go left punch left punch pause half a second right punch pause for half a second left kick left right kick and so on and so forth uh he's talking about uh, gold he's talking about scorpion get over here yeah mortal Kombat was just fucking an awesome game too um we had a i lived uh in a uh at the time, kind of a rural area uh, that was by now, now it's built up into a, a pretty suburban, uh, but we had a city not too far from us and uh, we'd have all the kids come over from the city to play there because they knew that the uh, there were so many games and that the competition was so high there. So when you put your quarter up and challenge somebody on one of these games, that was serious fucking business <laughs> and heaven help you if you were just fucking around and you would get slaughtered in a, in a fucking heartbeat. There were some really good players. Uh, I was pretty good, but I would, wouldn't even consider myself in like the, the top five at that arcade, maybe not even the top 10. I did pretty well, but there was a couple few people there that I absolutely could not beat. And they were just fucking amazing. Um, but like anything else in the world, it, it went away uh, for that place. Two things killed it off. The first thing that killed it off was the um, rise of the multiplayer games. By that, when I say multiplayer games, I mean like the multi-station games where it wasn't just an art a stand-up arcade thing. It was like uh, a racing game that had where you had one, two, or three or four sit-down positions, which means he basically had to buy four machines. And well then this is back in the nineties, so obviously the uh, money is not gonna be accurate anymore. But he told me he could he paid three to five thousand dollars on average for a new stand-up game, while those sit-down driving games were like ten thousand dollars a station. So to buy one driving game, four stations for it, he could buy 10 fucking arcade games and he didn't have a ton of room anyways and those things took up a lot of space. So uh, at least for him, that was probably his downfall. The other thing that didn't help any is right around the time where uh, he was starting to have financial troubles like that, uh, the rise of these other like mega arcade places like GameStop and game- and Dave and Buster's start coming in where places that had like, you know fifty thousand square feet where they had all these kind of different games um so it was hard for him to compete with that uh out cruising usa goldie was talking about cruising usa in 1905 yeah exactly that's one of the type of games really uh because he, he couldn't afford something like cruising usa because it was too expensive the other th- and i really felt bad about this because like about a year or so before um things started to go down the drain for him it was going really good so he expanded like he bought the storage space behind his strip mall spot and expanded to like three times his original size. Bought like six or seven, uh, I think it was six uh, competition style pool tables. Put a jukebox back there, a couple dart boards, and he thought, you know, that the, he would attract way more interest like that, and it never really did. The problem being, he could he couldn't really advertise the fact that he had pool tables and uh, jukebox and uh, dart tables back there and an air hockey table. Uh, cause you know, all he was, was just a little strip mall guy. So the people that already came to his arcade were aware of it and thought it was awesome, but it didn't attract any extra business. <laughs> so after a year or two, uh, with it, not really producing the money that he thought it would, uh, he entered the period where all those sit down games became popular. And those two things just fucking killed him. Uh, and I felt bad. Roger's a nice guy, Roger. I can't, I have no clue what his last name was. Uh, he drove around, he had a Corvette. We joked that we uh, bought his Corvette for him with quarters. Um, so we were like, Hey, Roger, that's our Corvette. You be careful with it. We're we're the ones that paid for it. He he thought that shit was funny. And, and I, I, you know, to this day, I miss it. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be into arcades now because I barely play video games at all. And the rise of the count, the councils would have killed the arcades anyways. Uh, and, uh, I guess that would probably be a third thing that did it. Um, Nah, not too much, though. He was I think he was already uh, gone by the time... Uh, shit, when did, like, Super Nintendo 64 come out? I think that was the first game where it could actually compete with the uh, consoles. It still didn't have the... Uh, excuse me, with the uh, arcade games. It still didn't have the type of graphics that they did, but you didn't have to p- pump a quarter into it every two minutes. Let's see. No. Before release date. That shit came out and that came out in 1996 so yeah they, they he was already done before that came out um he was already killed off by oh shit goldie's goldie's got fucking as on point with the shit here yeah you're right it came out in 1996 um and uh it uh it killed whatever chance regular arcades had after that but as i mentioned i think all the arcades in my area were, were already gone by then uh A uh, big mall that opened up not too far from me, uh, Great Lakes Crossing. And it had a GameWorks in it. And uh, Dave and Buster's opened like five or six miles away from me in the other direction. And between the two of them, he was already done. But it's a shame. You know, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, I have a friend who actually collects and repairs um, arcade games. It's one of his hobbies. And he has, like, he, he built, like, the most amazing basement you will ever see. It's got an actual bar. You know, he, I don't know where he got the fucking bar top from, but has got an actual bar, uh, an air hockey table, a pool table, and somewhere between 30 and 40 fucking video games. Uh, he's got a, you would, you, you would shit your pants if you went into this guy's basement and he's not a rich person. I think he's the paint manager at Lowe's or some shit like that. Uh, last time I checked and, but he, he learned how to work on video games. So he'll buy them, fix them up and throw them in his basement and he'll buy like three or four of them and then like fix up three of all, fix all four of them up put the three he likes downstairs and then like, uh, sell the fourth one to try to recoup some of his money. And it's just a cycle like that. So when I say he has somewhere between 30 and 40, it really depends on what time of year it is, how, how busy he's been repairing them and how many successfully he has been selling them. Uh, but it's a really cool hobby. I, I love going to his house cause you know, you just go downstairs and fuck around on all the video games. Uh, I actually used to do a podcast with the gentleman way back in the windows. One of my very first podcasts, uh, this had to have been like 2005 or 2006 or something like that. We called it drunk dial because basically I would go over his house with a laptop and a couple of microphones and we would get drunk off our ass and record a show. Uh, back then, obviously, you didn't have live podcasting, but we did have a, oh, look at this, a caller. But you know, but we'd uh, record our podcast and then put it on, God, I think it was a site called Talk Shoe, I think. Hey, caller, what can I do for you today? Hello, you're on, sir, or ma'am. No, alrighty. Well, you can call back when you figure out what the hell you're doing, <laughs> Kamoa. <laughs> no, last chance. All right, bye, sir. Um, and that was a fun. Th- that was a fun time. Um, I used to like. We used to do the show. I get drunk off my ass and then like fall asleep on a couch in his basement. Uh, and uh, I don't do that kind of shit anymore. I don't even drink anymore. Drinking, drinking bores me. It, and I've mentioned this on the show before. Once I started worrying more about the hangover, uh during the uh, then enjoying myself drinking it wasn't any fun to do it anymore but back then i wasn't worried about the hangover at all i was just worried about getting fucked up and having fun and we he'd have uh, all his friends come over and it was, was kind of weird because i was we were doing a podcast with a live audience like a live live so we'd have like he'd we ended up having somewhere between 10 and 20 people hanging out in his basement while we did the show uh, which which is kind of cool because the background noise made it actually sound like a party. Uh, but it was I did feel kind of self conscious about it at certain times. You know, having a whole bunch of people sit there and watch me talk. It's bad enough me doing it uh, live here. It makes me a little bit self conscious knowing that there's people listening to me talk. Uh, but. Having them in the actual room was way worse. <laughs> uh, although it did get me late once, uh, which I, which I appreciated. Someone thought I had a great voice and she, apparently she was half blind or some shit and didn't realize what I looked like. <laughs> but that that was a good time. That was, that, I believe that was my second podcast. I did a podcast. I can't even remember the name of the fucking podcast I did way, way, way back in the day with someone I played EverQuest with. Uh, then after that was my first, God, you know, what? not that fucked up? I don't remember the name of the show I did. Uh, this is back in the early two thousands. Uh, then after that, I did drunk dial, uh, with my buddy Chuck. Uh, and then after that, I moved on to a show, uh, called barely adequate with Chris and Jay, a gentleman that I met on the internet on Kevin Smith's forum, uh, actually, which I've mentioned before, I used to hang up, hang out on a internet forum, uh, run by Kevin Smith, the, the director, uh, writer guy. Um, so at one point I was doing a show with that guy and I, I think I got up to like 110 or 120 episodes, but we only did it once a week. So we did it for several years. that she wants to know about the half-blind chick I gave the hog to she was a nice lady a nice girl I've actually known her for quite a while after that uh, but I but she became interested in me after listening to me talk uh she was actually a stripper uh she wasn't half-blind I just made jokes about her being half-blind I assumed that she couldn't be fully sighted and still be interested in me a very nice lady um she when I say she was a stripper I don't say that to try to impress you guys because she wasn't at like a stripper at like an a-list uh strip club or anything like that she was cute and all. Don't don't get me wrong, I dug on her quite a bit, but she was not A-list stripper material at all. She was like inner city stripper material. <laughs> you know, well, you know, like the type of club where you where you go in and you're pretty sure you don't want to touch anything because you might catch something. Uh uh, that was uh but you know, but she was a nice lady. I actually it's, I told you part of the story about her about referencing who she was. She was the uh um uh, one that uh I dated briefly and she ended up breaking up with me because she said we weren't sex uh compatible sexually and i was like whoa what do you mean by that and she said well you're too big (laughs) not to not to blow my own horn but that's not that's not even like an indication of anything special about me she was a very small petite girl so uh and i am six seven so with my junk just being normal size it was probably too much for her which is you know which is not surprising i guess Uh, i've never had that problem again but she's also probably the smallest woman i ever slept with so but she was pretty cool, uh, very uh, very quiet most of the time. It's hard to get her to say shit. I used to make jokes that she wouldn't say shit if she didn't have a mouthful, uh, even if she had a mouthful, rather. Um, but, but anyways, I was talking about podcasting. Uh, the show I did with uh, called Barely Adequate with Chris and Jay, you can still find the episodes out there someplace. Uh, I did like 120-something of them, 130, but I only did that once a week, so it ended up being two or three years. Uh, I did the show with a gentleman named Chris Duck. Who is a uh, nurse, a male nurse, over in uh, Oregon? I think uh, like he lives in like a rural area. He's the head nurse at a very small hospital or some shit like that. And most, and he's got like a farm almost, uh, like that he takes care of. A great guy. I'm um, been trying to get him on the show actually, but obviously because of the uh, uh, Corona stuff, he's been kind of busy. So I, I don't blame him. But eventually, we're gonna get him on here. Uh, actually, I do have a couple people that I have set up. In the eventually category for interviews, Uh, I also have a gentleman that's uh, a voice actor, voiceover coach. As some of you guys know, I'm an aspiring voiceover artist. Uh, I've done some work for voiceovers, not a ton. Uh, I've done some commercials. Uh, I did a commercial, some commercials for a radio station in England. I also did commercials for a hypnotherapist in England. That was fun. (laughs) That one was, that was actually rough because the guy was just starting off. So he bought like 10 second radio spots (laughs) because that was all he can afford. So he he wanted, he gave me all this stuff that he wanted me to say, but I had to squeeze it in the 10 seconds and I can talk fairly fast, but not that fast. So uh, that one took quite a few takes before I got to, got it anywhere to where it was something that I uh, was willing to send out to him. I think the, uh, favorite uh, uh commercial work that i have did that, that i got paid for was for a product called called uh rollies i think it was called no doobies it was called doobies it was a new sort of uh doobie rolling system uh and you can find that find the commercial for that on youtube actually you just go to youtube and look up doobies uh it's not all me there's a i just do parts of it and then someone else is doing other parts of it but i'm on there and that was a lot of fun um the other fun one i did was a. Uh, it's a a commercial for a a float tank, uh, like an isolation tank. If you guys are familiar with what that is, basically what it is, is they put you into a, uh, this contraption filled with like salt water so that you float on top of the water and then they close it up and there's like no uh, light or sound or anything. So it's like sensory deprivation. And then you just supposedly float in there for a while. It's supposed to have medical benefits or some shit like that. Uh, But I did a commercial for that where, uh, oh God, where where i suppose it was actually see that one bummed me out because it never actually happened but they were going to make a cartoon and i was going to be voicing a cartoon voice where i'd be like the floaties guru or some shit like that um and i did i did the recording for them and they paid me for it but they never got around to actually uh i guess the guy decided uh tried to buy another flotation device store uh in the same area and his finances got all fucked up and they never got off the ground but i still got paid for it so that was fun Uh, Yes. uh, Yeah. Uh, yes. The juicer, um, uh, for Joe Rogan is into that sort of shit. I believe Uh, it's a cool concept. Uh, 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 but I'll be honest with you, if you pay me, I'll talk about whatever the fuck you want. I don't care if it's a cool concept or not. Uh, but regardless, I, uh, at one point I was talking to a voiceover coach. I never took much in the way of lessons from him because he was expensive as fuck and I couldn't afford it. But the guy kept on contacting me on Twitter you know, and talking with me and he and like every three to six months, he calls me on Skype, sets up a Skype uh, thing just to talk with me and see how I'm doing. You know, uh, I know part of it is him seeing that if I, you know, if, if I'm ever interested in doing the voiceover coaching that he offers, which I am, I just can't afford it. And I, I flat out told him, I was like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be into that, but I can't afford to pay for that right now. I, and he and he says that's fine if you can never afford to pay for it that's fine i still like talking to talking with you and seeing how you're doing and he gives me some advice here and there and he seems like a really good voiceover coach it makes me wish i can afford to take it but that's not uh where my finances are right now but regardless uh he said he would be willing to be on the show at one point but he's one of those really fucking busy people in life he does like a, uh he's got a voiceover studio that he built in his house uh He's actually fairly successful. I've looked him up. He's been a writer and director and voiceover stuff and a lot of things. Oh, excuse me. I'm getting burpy. And, uh, he has like a, an actual classroom in his, in his house that he teaches a lot of voiceover classes as well as doing online classes. And, uh, um, so he has very little time to dedicate to, you know, free uh shit talking to me but he still does and he said he's been willing to, he'll be willing to talk on the show with us as well so i've hoped to get him on one day that'll be a lot of fun um another person that we were talking about getting on is oh god i can't remember the guy's name but you guys on the og recommended that i get a hold of him uh he was a guy that did like a sensory deprivation thing speaking of that for like an entire month uh, he threw a article on the uh, og about it and talked about it and, uh, when I was asking people who would like, who from the OG, who would they like to see on the show? He was one of the ones mentioned, uh, when you go to my messages, so I can tell you guys who I'm talking about. Uh, and he's actually supposed to be on in a week or two. Uh, he was like out of town. And when I asked him, he said, he's really, he's willing to do it, but he just can't do it right now. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, the pig pen. Yeah. Uh, that's his, a screen name on the OG. Uh, so, um, it'll be interesting to have him on the show eventually. <laughs> Uh, speaking of having people on the show, if any of you guys want to call in, you're more than welcome to. I always like having people to talk to. Uh, you guys, if you have any questions, go ahead and post, post them on the chat box. I will also answer them that way. Uh, but in the meantime, I guess I should probably find a topic to talk about. Huh? I wrote a couple of them down. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I did see an article about an Indiana school district saying that, that they're going to be doing the online classes. But they say that their students should not wear pajamas or stay in bed for their online uh, classes, which apparently is pissing off some of the pizza pizzas, <laughs> which is apparently pissing off some of the parents because, you know, they're like, hey, don't tell our kids what to do in our own fucking home and all that good shit. And I can see both sides of the story. The school district is trying to. Um, maintain a level of professionalism and i assume they think that you know if kids have to get up and get ready for school to be better uh, more ready for learning than if they're just sitting around in their pajamas uh, i don't think that's accurate though i think you're going to get what you get with a kid i don't think it really matters what if you make him change his clothes or get out of bed you're going to get the same level of attention that you would either way but it's interesting to see how upset some of the parents get about that you know uh, parents are very protective about their kids I don't have kids, so I don't really have that vibe going on. But I can understand that. Uh, but in certain cases, it's just silly. Uh, yeah, they, uh, a school district doesn't really have any real reason to tell somebody uh, to not wear pajamas to their online classes. But parents are getting so worked up against it that I'm almost on the on the school side at this point. It's like, dude, fucking chill out, dude. It's not that big of a deal. You know, people are so protective, protective of their kids and. Uh, and all this shit that it, they go overbo- overboard in quite a few uh ways. Uh At this point, uh, normally we'd have Ryan tell me I'm an idiot and explain why. But as I mentioned, he's not around today. So uh, we need someone else to call in and call me an idiot. <laughs> uh Let's see. What else do we got today? Um Oh, dude, I know something. Speaking of kids, this is another kid related one. Uh News news uh headlines are fucking oh wait a minute. The Juicer said he's going to leaning to have my kids get out of bed and get dressed to do and do the homeschool homeschooling he, he likes the idea yeah i mean i can see the school uh the schools uh at least their theory with it that you know that it will make uh the kids uh be more in a learning mode you know as opposed to just sitting around in their pajamas if you even if they if you change their routine to a certain point so that like they have to get up, get dressed, get ready, and all that good stuff. It might put them in a um, more receptive mind for learning. I'm, I'm not sure, though, and so who knows? Like I said, I don't have kids, so I don't really have the right to have an opinion. Yep. Oh, and deduce the city also keeps them ready for going back. Yeah, and that's an, you know what? That's an important point. Uh, kids uh, need structure in their life, um, and when they don't have it, it's not a good thing so keeping maintaining that structure during the downtime will make it a quite a bit easier for them to integrate back into regular schooling when it uh, eventually happens i hadn't really thought about that Dejuicer. that's a, that's an excellent point um oh anyways let's uh, talk about news headlines news headlines are bullshit dude uh, i can't believe the stuff that they can put on the headline when it's got nothing to do with the actual story or it's wildly inaccurate uh here's a good example a uh the headline says a Florida man has been arrested over claims he spat on a children a child's face and told him you now have the coronavirus. Um, and that's not what fucking happened. <laughs> that's not what happened at all. If you go through and you read the actual article, uh, apparently this dude was mad that the kid was wearing a mask. I have no fucking clue why, uh, but we won't go into the, the mindset of someone who gets mad over someone wearing a mask. But apparently what he did is he grabbed the child's hand, leaned in close, leaned in close to his face and said, you now have the coronavirus. Uh, and the kid said that he was so close that when he spoke, uh, spit particles uh, got you know went on his face. That's a completely different thing than spitting on uh, on his face. Okay, uh, being being a close talker who sprays when he talks. Uh, while that's gross, that's not intentionally spitting on someone's face, and that's what the headline says. Uh, so. I have no clue how they think they can get away with that. And it's, it says in the article, like I said, when I read the headline, I was like, Oh God, what kind of fuck hole would spit on a child's face? And then I read the article and I was offended by how inaccurate the headline was. Uh, it was obviously just clickbait to get you to click on the article and read it. And, and, that's fucking bullshit, dude. I I'm not even sure how they can do that. You know, make their headlines so, uh, so wildly different than what actually happened. If I was the, the, that dude, I'd sue the fucking uh, Yahoo News for misrepresentation or or uh, what's the other word for it, uh, defamation of character. Because he didn't spit on anybody. Uh, he still is an asshole. You know, grabbing a kid and then telling me he has a coronavirus because he got close to him. Well, I don't know what would make someone do something like that uh full disclosure I don't particularly like kids that's one of the reasons I don't have one but it's not like I'm going to go out of my way to be mean and cruel to a child who the fuck does that I don't know it's uh it's pretty fucking weird um do 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 and that was the entirety of my uh um topics that I had beforehand I do apologize I, I work on the weekends though so I don't really have a lot of time to do research for the show I literally get home maybe maybe an hour before the show starts and then i have to eat my dinner and all that good stuff so i don't really have a lot of time to look shit up uh as that being said i'm actually looking through the the basin of all news yahoo news It's where i get all of my stuff oh here's a here's one i saw that i wanted to talk about a little bit and see what you guys think about it um oh no the juicer i uh, i did not see that executive orders were just signed moments ago i thought the last time i checked he uh president trump was talking about that um but it would be i thought i'd rather it, be several weeks before he got around to do that uh so i'll be interested in seeing what that what that says um maybe i should go to yahoo news but hey right, but actually right now i do have a uh, a topic up so i'm gonna go with that for a second a uh, woman was recently charged with murder after her baby was born stillborn and the reason they charged her with murder is because when her baby was born, they, they suspected drug use. And uh, so when they did the autopsy on the, the fetus, they found it was full of meth. Uh, so obviously she was a meth head. So they charged her with murder. Um, and she was in jail for, uh, oh God, uh, through, through, since November, uh, until one, the uh, California attorney general stepped in and said that they were misrepresenting uh, mis- representing uh, misinterpreting, uh, the law that they used to put her in jail. Um, and that, like he said, uh, the legal uh, interpretation would lead to absurd and constitutionally questionable results. Uh, he said, we believe the law was misapplied and misinterpreted. Our laws in California do not convict women who suffered a loss of their pregnancy. And our filing today, we want to make it clear that this law has been misused for the detriment of women, children, and families. I would like to read what the actual law is. Uh, But what do you guys think about that? Do you think that someone who uh, did so much drugs during the pregnancy that it made their child stillborn deserves to be charged with murder? Or is this, or is this attorney general right in in saying that you can't do that? I kind of don't have a problem with that. Once again, this is the sort of thing that I'm not sure that I'm not sure I should have an opinion on because not only do I have not kids, I'm also not a woman, but, uh, you would think that there should be some sort of law that if you're pregnant, you need to take care of yourself. And because your health and what you do is so directly related to the baby. Um, a is saying she should have had an abortion. Um, and now and well, I, I, she didn't go to term, but she was eight months pregnant when, when, uh, when she uh, had issues and had to go to the hospital and was removed, stillborn. So it would have been four weeks premature, but, uh, they have way more premature babies than that live all the time. So, uh, it's pretty sure that it was because of her drug use. and and I agree if if you're gonna use drugs constantly and you can't uh, stop because you have a baby, you probably should have an abortion. Don't do that to a child. Yeah. um but like I said, I'm not a woman and I can't have kids. So all these discussions about you know that those are sort of laws and abortion and all that good stuff, I don't really feel like I have the right to have an opinion., uh, it's none of my business. I hear guys talking about um, you know anti-abortion stuff all the time. I'm like, well, isn't that between the ladies? I don't think as a, as guys should actually get a vote on that. Um, but I guess that's neither here nor there. All right, uh, let me see. You said uh, that Trumpster was uh, uh, just signed executive orders. Maybe I can find what he, what that was actually about on the internet so we can talk about that. Let's see. Go, go to the old Yahoo search engine. Trump executive. They've ordered today. Oh well, yeah, let's see what comes up. Oh wow! I guess he did uh, do something. Let's see. Uh, President Donald Trump signed a, a series of executive orders Saturday evening as the U.S. was approaching five million cases of Corona. Uh, let's see. Uh, but it still doesn't say much about what the actual executive order is. Uh, let me see. My you were, pop down the story. Uh, the his, uh, he said his orders were provide an additional $400 per week in unemployment benefits, which is $200 less than the supplement that that expired at the end of July. He also said he would suspend payments on some student loans through the end of the year, protect renters from being evicted from their homes and instruct employers to defer certain payroll taxes through the end of the year for Americans who, uh, earn less than a hundred thousand annually. Um, I don't know what that means. Instruct employers to defer certain payroll taxes through the end of the year for Americans who earn less than a hundred thousand annually. Does that mean he's going to tell our employers not to take out our federal or uh, state taxes or some shit like that? Uh, and I, if that's if that's the case, cool. But defer is not, like, is not a word I want to hear. Because defer implies that you don't have to pay for it now, but you'll have to pay for it later. Uh, and that's not a good idea for me as far as the reducing the unemployment benefits that's also not good for me as well um the the point the problem being with that that uh michigan unemployment by itself does not pay that much uh for example normally uh when i'm unemployed for the season as you guys know i i get a couple months off in the winter because the country club closes so they laid me off and i go on unemployment normally that's about 360 dollars a week before taxes so if you want to call it uh, after taxes, it's probably about 300 a week. They will like the one of the issues being, they will let you take taxes out of it, but only 10% and no, and no state taxes. So, but they'll take out 10% for federal. Uh, And as you guys all know, everyone pays more than 10% uh, on federal. So normally it's not a big deal because for for several reasons, I have the entire year to prepare for the winter where I'm only making $300 a week. And I, and since I have them take uh, no, Uh, exemptions out of my taxes normally um it doesn't kill me at the end of the tax year like last year i think i got three or four hundred dollars back which is good that's that's how i want to aim it i if i could get it even closer to zero i would like to i have no interest in giving the government a uh, uh, interest-free loan for most of the year and get it back lots of people are like oh i got all this money back i'm like well yeah dude it was all you already your money you just lent it to the government for a while uh this year it's not going to be like that even if we go uh, all the way to the end of the season, uh, with me still working, it's not going to be like that just because instead of being off for two months, I was off for fucking six months. Uh, and while, yes, I was getting the extra $600, which by the way, between the $300 and the $600, that's about what I make. So not to, not to give you guys too much information about my finances. So I, you know, it's not like, a, uh, some people are like, oh, that's so unfair. People are making way more than they should i made about what i made anyway so for me it was a pretty much even uh and people like oh but what all, all these people that you know normally only made four hundred dollars a week now they're getting the the 360 and the and the 600 so they're getting like 900 something dollars a week well yeah that is going to happen uh that's because when the uh government decided, settled on the 600 hundred dollar extra they were doing an average uh you know of all the of uh, i don't know how they worked it but it was like an average amount so for every person that was out there making more money than they made when they were working, there was plenty of people that were still making less, you know, because, yeah, the you know, $900 a month, excuse me, a week is okay. But there's people that make like, you know, more than $50,000 a year that got unemployed. <laughs> so if you're making sixty dollars or $70,000 a year and you got unemployed, even with the extra $600, that's way less than you're normally making. Uh, the reason I bring this up, because if he, if he just approved it for $400 instead of $600, I'm going to be having financial problems. Uh, clearly not as bad of a financial problem I would have if he hadn't approved anything at all, but still I will be losing money every week. Uh, and then of course, like I said before, there's the entire tax thing. Uh, I sat down and figured it out between me and my wife. Uh, I think we're going to end up having to owe an extra $2,400, $2,500 at the end of the year just for the taxes that they did not take out. And obviously that's something they want to prepare for and I'm trying to, but it's it's kind of hard to save money. <laughs> we don't make a ton of money and you know most of it goes toward our bills. So and don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. As long as I can pay my bills and put food on my table and keep my house, I'm not all that concerned about money. Yeah, it'd be nice to have extra money to buy cool things, but I'm pretty happy with what I got you know, I've never had high goals. I, for the longest time, I never thought I would own a house. I thought I was just, I thought that was just not something that would ever happen to me. Uh, mostly cause I had bullshit jobs for many, many years, uh, up until working at the country club and even at the country club, I'll tell you when I started working at the country club way back in 2005, they started me off at 10 bucks an hour, uh, which is not much now. and It wasn't much back then. Uh, I've gotten a whole bunch of raises since then, uh, but still, you know, um, Back then, I thought there's no way I'd ever own a house. I I figured I'd be renting uh, an apartment normally with a roommate or something like that. Um, And I got super-duper lucky. Uh, And I feel bad saying I got super-duper lucky um, because my luck was the bad luck of the majority of the country. I bought this house back in uh, 2011, which was the very bottom, bottom, bottom of the housing market. You know, there there was that market crash in 2009 and then uh, all the housing values tanked. Uh, So plenty of people were in bad condition because of that, except for me. Um, And it wasn't like I was some sort of uh, real estate guru that knew this is the time to buy. It's it's just the prices dropped so low that I started thinking, hey, you know what? I might be able to afford something and I could. Uh, And I've told this story before, but I bought this house in 2011 for $38,000 that's right i paid thirty thousand dollars for a house now don't get me wrong i had to uh, i had to eventually take out about twenty five thousand dollars in loans uh to get it up to livable and it's still it's still kind of a shabby little house there's all kinds of stuff that i need to take care of that i kind of ran ran out of money to but we've been living here for a while obviously so it's livable um and Right, right after I bought the house, the housing market started to recover. Like if you look at the bell curve of the housing market crash and then it's starting to go back up, the very the bottom of that curve is 2011. Uh, so while I at the moment I think I owe 58,000 on this house, but I've gotten it uh appraised. At the low end is probably 110,000. The high end is probably 140,000. Uh, most of the houses on my street actually go for 160 000 to 300,000, but I've got the smallest shittiest house in the block. Uh, which I recommend. It's, it's better to have the uh, shittiest house on a nice street than the nicest house on a shitty street. Uh, so I could sell this house like tomorrow for easy a hundred thousand, the bare minimum, and make like forty thousand dollars. People have said that, oh, you should sell that. You're gonna make so much money. I'm like, well, yeah, but I still gotta live someplace. And the housing market's recovered. I'm not gonna find a deal like this anymore. Which is why I was always a little bit concerned about you know the, my finances because i know that if i lose this house i'm never gonna own another one i'm never gonna find fucking a house is cheap again uh and it's not i don't live in a bad neighborhood i actually live in an affluent neighborhood um uh so which is a surprise i always figured i'd end up living in the ghetto <laughs> with which money i made so i'm pretty happy about where i am uh I, the only complaint i have about my house is kind of a strange one uh the the yard's too fucking big uh i i have a full acre and i, I don't live in the woods or like a rural area i live in the suburbs uh uh, look up rochester hills if you ever get a chance that's the area that i live in uh and fucking i've got a gigantic lot which for most people would be good but fucking i don't do anything outside <laughs> so it's more of a burden than anything else uh, i have to pay someone up to, to uh to cut the grass because there's no way i i can push mow that shit and i can't afford like a rider lawnmower um so it's a uh, it's uh, like i said it's more of a burden than anything else uh, I see Goldie said he bought a place in short sale for about half of what it was worth in 2010. See, Goldie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the miss, and, and I feel bad because tons of, okay, this is weird to me. Tons of people ended up selling their house because it lost all the value in it. Like one of my best friends, uh, his mom had a small house about the same size as this one, about 908 square feet. Uh, she made really good money. I think she was an in insurance or something like that. So these, since the market, the housing market was doing so good and like economy was doing so good, she decided to expand her house and she turned it from like a 1,000 square foot house to like a 2,500 square foot house. She put it on like an addition that was bigger than her original house. And she took, and, and she took all, kind, all kinds of loans for it and all that good stuff. Um, and she loved the house. The thing was when the housing market crashed, all of a sudden her house was not worth what, you know, was worth way less than what she owed on it. But that's just paper. I never said, what, so what happened if she ended up selling her house at a loss and moving into a trailer? And I don't understand why she could still afford the fucking payments. She still liked the house. Just, who cares that you, you spent $300,000 $300, on a house that's now that's now worth like 175,000. Um, yeah, you know, she basically, she, since she already owned her house, when she sold it, she got about what she needed to pay off her loans for the house. And that was it. She didn't make any money on it or anything like that. And I didn't understand. To this day, I don't understand why she did it. She could still afford to make the payments. If for something in her head, the fact that she owed all this money in a house that wasn't worth nearly any nearly that amount, it fucked with her, and to the point where she she said, "Oh, I can't handle the financial burden." Which obviously she could. She was making her payments just fine. So uh, she uh, you know sold that house and moved it into like an old folks' trailer park, which is you know uh, like a regular trailer park, but only just for seniors. I'm sure you guys have them around you as well. Um, to this day, I don't know why she did it. And I felt bad for her son. That who was my buddy. Uh, cause he, he didn't really understand why either. He thought maybe his mom was going a little bit loopy. Um, but the good part of that was when she sold the house, he was looking, he needed to find a place to stay. Hold on a second. Ah, water's good. So that was how I ended up having him as my roommate. <laughs> so yeah, he moved out of there and then, um, uh, we lived in a rental house for several years and it was the dude that was a fucking smallest house is like 780 square feet but the rent on it was only 600 a month so which made it 300 dollars a person which is something i could afford uh because before that i lived in shitholes with uh with roommates and stuff sometimes people i didn't even know which is a weird experience i don't never really liked living in a house of people that i didn't know just that were just you know roommates through chance so i jumped at the chance to have him as my roommate because he was my best friend um and then after a couple of years of that, we decided we will, I wanted to get my own house for two reasons. One, because the prices were so goddamn low that I felt like I could afford one. And two, we were growing weed in the basement, which was really fun uh, the first year. Uh, but then the landlord wanted to come uh, and visit his house. We hadn't thought about this because we were in Michigan and the landlord, the guy that owned the house was in Seattle. Uh, so we thought nothing of it. So when when my roommate got the idea of the grow pot i was like yeah sure that's a great idea so and, and the, he had a little tiny unfinished basement uh barely enough room for it and all we did was uh put up some two by fours and put like plastic uh, sheeting around it to create the grow room uh when the guy said that he was going to come visit his house uh we went into panic mode <laughs> we we're like oh shit that's not good at all and so what happened is over like a course of a day or two my roommate built a fucking wall in the basement. <laughs> he walled off the entire area and put a door there with a lock on it uh, uh, to to uh, hide it from the landlord. Uh, so when the landlord came, uh, I brought him downstairs. He goes, oh, what's this? I said, well, oh, my la- my uh, roommate likes- has a lot of guns and he, his son comes over and visits. So he wasn't comfortable with all the guns lying around. So he, he built a little room uh, to uh, you know keep them in. I, I don't have the key because since they're not my guns, but if you come back later, I'm sure he can unlock it for you. He's Like, oh, no, that's no big deal. Uh, he seemed pretty happy that we'd actually uh, um, that they actually, you know um, we'd actually upgraded his house. The juice is asking if they don't have to give you thirty days' notice. Yeah, I think he did actually. so we have we had plenty of time to build the uh, uh, to build the door the door in the uh, wall. It might have been less than thirty days, but it's still plenty of time. he He wasn't doing anything shady. you know in retrospect, of course, he's gonna want to check out his uh, house at least once a year to make sure we hadn't broken anything. So, uh, but that that was such a scare to us that we decided that we'd rather not do that in a rental house anymore. And I immediately started looking for houses to live in. And when I say uh, I bought this house for thirty eight thousand, that does not mean there weren't other options available. There was a ton of houses in the forty to sixty thousand range. Uh, I thought I was going to pay have to pay sixty thousand for this uh, house because that's what they uh, advertised it for. You know, they're they're trying to sell it for sixty thousand dollars and. I'm when I uh, decided to try to buy it, the first offer I put in was thirty eight thousand. I didn't think they would take it, but they did because apparently they're, they're very desperate to get rid of it. It was a house that uh, a guy owned uh, and then passed away and it went to uh, you know, it was supposed to get divided evenly between the son and the daughter. I guess they didn't really uh, get along that well. so and they didn't want to mess with it. Uh, so they just sold it as is. So the inside of this house is fucking trashed. It was a rental for many, many years, apparently um and the like the carpet was fucking gross you could like actually see uh where all the furniture had been because there was like it was the only part of the carpet that wasn't like black almost with dirt and disgust it smelt like 80 dogs that lived there for two years uh, i'm sure they had some dogs um there's water damage in spots uh not inside the actual house but like my breezeway because uh, their gutter system was set up incorrectly so it would flood the breezeway whenever it rained really bad just all kinds of little bullshit and they didn't clean it even a little. They, I got that house exactly how the the renters left it. it. Basically, like the garage was all full of like trash, not like you know grocery trash, but like just trash that people didn't want. Uh, it, but uh, it, it took a lot of work uh, to get it livable. Uh, but uh, it was well worth it, obviously. Hey, Cammy, how you doing today, sir?
1: Good, bro. How are you?
0: I am excellent. Trying to get through this last fifteen minutes without boring people out of their minds.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man. I just. Uh... So did you not think the executive order, uh, the four executive orders, I, I didn't catch early show; I was doing something else, yeah. um, but do you not think they're a good idea?
0: Uh, I, you know what, I, I, we were just talking about it a little bit, and I'm, I was looking at some of the things. I've only seen uh, a couple of the executive orders. Uh, I did see what we were talking about was the fact that he's going to uh, renew the unemployment insurance, but only for $400 a week instead of 600 uh, right. that, and, and my problem with that being for me, at least, that means I'm still going to be le- making less than I do when I work. Uh, so, but I can understand where they're, why they're, where they're coming from in certain ways, because it was giving people the ability to not want to go to work because they make more money on unemployment.
1: Absolutely. I mean, look at the, there's two alternatives. One, they do 600 a month and nobody goes back to work. Number two, if you left it up to Congress, nothing would get done. So those would just, you know, peter out all together. So right, you know, 400, right. 400 is better than nothing. And it's still, you know, it's 1600 a month extra for for people and, you know, still gives them a, um, even though my wife and I, neither one of us get it, it's still, a, you know, good enough along with their normal unemployment for them to actually live with it.
0: Right, right. Part of the problem is the perception of it. Well, as you mentioned, you know, uh, and I think they mentioned on the uh, chat box as well, it gives people more incentive to go back to work. But here's how that works: if you're if you're on employment and your job calls you up and says, "Come on back," and you say no, you can't collect unemployment anymore. Uh, so the fact p- people saying that the six hundred dollars is keeping people from going back to work is kind of inaccurate. I could see yeah, it. I could I could see it stopping people from f- trying to find a new job. But if your old job comes back, they have to take it, otherwise they'll lose all their unemployment.
1: But but who, who is it? Who's going to know that they've actually called you up and said, "Hey, come back to work."
0: I mean, oh, how, does the, that get,
1: how, how does that get translated? Business, they don't send it back to the unemployment office and say, hey, Joe Blow's not coming back to work. We want him to come back to work. You could just say, you know, keep keep filing the unemployment. Just say, hey, I searched out three new places and they would never know the difference.
0: Well, supposedly, if uh, if a business contacts you and tells you to come back to work and you don't, they will get a hold of the unemployment agency. Cause you, uh, they pay, that's shit. They're paying for part of your unemployment. Technically all of it, depending on the state. I, I, th- uh,
1: I think you give them too much credit, my friend. I don't think, I don't think the unemployment is that, is that smooth when it comes to, I don't think there's that pipeline for them to actual call unemployment and do that.
0: Well, unless, I mean, unless
1: it's a, unless it's a small, small company, don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I would assume, I mean, I've never had it actually happen. Goldie's saying he's actually got people kicked off unemployment. So yes, it's possible. Uh, sure. And I would assume so because, you know, whenever you file for unemployment, they, they always contact your job and ask for circumstances. Uh, and if the and if your job wants to, they can fight it because, you know, unemployment's basically only if you get fired. If you quit a job, you're not eligible for unemployment. Um, so there's all kinds of people at my work right now that are kind of upset that they're back to work because they were making more money when they weren't back to work. But they can't say tell my work. No, because then my work would sure. just say, "Go OK, you don't you don't you don't qualify for unemployment with us then. And, and how many would employees would you say your business has? Um, God. Uh, no, probably about a hundred. It's it's hard to say. Some of it's very seasonal. We have a, a large group of people that only work from uh, um, you work basically. A golf, a golf
1: course. Is that a golf Yes. Is that... Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I... That's what I thought.
0: Yeah, I work at a country club golf course slash thing. Yeah. There's, uh, there's probably 30, 30 people or so that work in the family rec center as you know, as servers, cooks, and lifeguards. But that job's only basically from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Then you have a larger amount that work in a clubhouse from like you know, uh, mid March to mid December, or sometimes a little bit earlier on both sides. I, I say I'm off two months, but it's actually probably closer to 10 weeks. Um, and and, and I, I don't know. The, there might be a hundred people altogether. It's hard to say. It, yeah.
1: And you know that. That one's kind of a gray area. Some people don't think they should have it. Some people do think they should have it for you know people going back to work. But the right. other three are almost no brainers. The the uh, you know the the student loan thing. I mean, for people for people with student loans, that gives them some payment credit. The big the big one, in my opinion, is him stopping the payroll tax. Of course, it doesn't it doesn't affect me, but it affects my wife. Um, hmm. And uh, you know that's an extra you know $300 a paycheck that's not going to be taken out of her paycheck. Um,
0: okay, is is that what that means? Cuz it it did say that's what I'm assuming, read,
1: assuming it means?
0: Do, when when it says to defer certain payroll taxes, does that mean like they're not going to be asking me for my federal taxes or some shit like that?
1: I am under the impression that's what it means. That, that they're okay. going to okay. defer mm-hmm. the actual f- taxes, federal or state taxes. Um, he said some taxes, but I mean, you know, any other taxes besides state and federal wouldn't, ma- wouldn't amount to a hill of beans, really.
0: Um, right, exactly. You
1: know, you know so I- I'm going to assume that's what they mean by that.
0: Okay, well, that scares me because as, as, as I mentioned earlier on the show uh, before you got here, the word deferred is not the kind of word well, I want to hear because that means you still gonna have be, to pay I don't it. Think
1: it's gonna, I don't think it's going to be deferred. I think it's just going to be they're going to stop it and then start it back up. It's going to be retroactive to August 1st. Uh, mm. I don't think it's going to be deferred. Uh, and then it's going to start back up after the first of the year.
0: Okay. Because the, the articles have okay. deferred. And I was like, that doesn't do me any real good because, uh, you know, deferred means you still have to pay it. <laughs> and, the, and the issue is not me wanting to pay it or not wanting to pay it at a certain time. It's just, you know, uh, the yeah, extra money. No, nobody's
1: actually... going to no, yeah, have extra, you know, two or three grand laying around and say, all right, here's my deferred taxes back. That means right, everybody right. would just have, and, you know, I, if you notice, if you—I don't know how much you go to Twitter—I have some news sources, or you just see different news sources. You know they're trying to put the worst possible spin on it. Oh, you know, they, they, he can't do it by executive order. He's deferring the taxes. I didn't. Um, uh, hold on, I'm reading around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, payroll tax holiday. So that tells me uh, Dash Dasher just said. Um, just posted that it's a holiday. So holiday for me doesn't say doesn't mean deferred. I, you know, I don't know you're oh, right do saying deferred.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. The juicer just did just post that shit. Okay. It makes me feel a little bit better. You get remember I get all my news from now Yahoo News, the, the news source of yeah. America. So so it might not be always accurate. They're, they're so uh, they so
1: bad they actually stopped having the comment section on it because people were just blessed. oh yeah like, yeah. Just, yeah I noticed that after I know. article after article. It,
0: yeah, yeah, I go to Yahoo News because I got Yahoo Email. To be honest with you, the the, the website kind of sucks, so, kind of sucks sometimes, but it, it's the easiest one to go to. And, uh, but yeah, that's you know, there's def- deferred always fucks with me because, um, for example, my work uh, when I didn't go back to work when I was supposed to kept on paying my uh, insurance premiums which uh, which is good because otherwise I would owe them an extra $600 for like March, January, uh March, April, May and June before I went sure. back to work. So, I would owe them like another $1800 for my health insurance. So it was really awesome for them to uh do that. Uh what what they didn't do was pay my pay for my $600 for February. But that cuz that's pretty normal. Um yeah. you know, at where I work, they pay for when when I get laid off, they pay for the month that I'm laid off. And the month after I'm laid off. So they pay for December and they pay for all of January. Most of the time I get away with not paying for February because the club will have an event for uh, one of the members, like a life cycle event, like a wedding or, or, or a bridal shower really big or something shit like that, or maybe sure. a bat mitzvah a bar mitzvah. And if you work any day in February, uh, that will cover that one as well. So, but the last year there was no, uh, by chance, there's no parties in February. So I ended up owing them $600, So what they do is they, is they take it out of your paycheck, uh, every, like $125 every week until you have that paid off. Sure. Um, and so I didn't have to pay, so all I had was the $600 to pay off. I thought I forgot about the fact that while they were still paying our, uh, our $600 a month uh, premium, they weren't uh, paying my part of it, uh, well, my insurance is really good, and I don't pay shit for it. But I do pay a little bit. They charge me twenty-eight dollars a week for my health insurance. Um, yeah, that's
1: if, if it's good insurance. That's that's a good, you know. Oh, good, dude, it's
0: uh, fucking awesome. It, it's Blue Cross Blue Shield. Plus, I have yeah, a supplemental like insurance. right. Pl- well, pl- on top of that, I have a supplemental insurance to pay for anything Blue Cross and Blue Shield doesn't pay for. Um, nice. So I literally pay fucking nothing. I pay like thirty dollars for a office office visit, a hundred dollars for an emergency room visit if I'm not admitted. And like five or ten dollars for my uh, various prescriptions, uh, but the thing is, while they paid that six hundred dollars, they didn't pay. I still owe them for the weekly part. So, so that means there. So there's three months of thirty dollars a week added on to the six hundred dollars I already owe. So which sure. I think brings it up to like nine hundred dollars. So here it is. I've been back back to work uh, for almost two months now. Uh, we restarted in June, mid June. And I still have uh, money taken out of my check every week just to pay for the back stuff. I haven't seen a full got check it. yet.
1: Yeah, that so sucks, when, when, man. that's. But but it's it, you know at least it's good insurance and it doesn't leave you wanting if something happens, you know.
0: Right, exactly. Oh God, I can only imagine what would happen if I didn't have insurance when, when we when I got the big C that,
1: well, that yeah, I'd be I, done. Well, I'm I'm the perfect example. I um, my wife works in a bank, so her mm-hmm. by herself, she's about the same as you. Uh, Primera, which is fantastic. Um, she pays about $90 a month for it. And she tried to get me on it and add me to it, it was 250 bucks. And this is back in the uh, beginning of 2019. And I said, no, no, I'm healthy as a horse. You know, I could run through a wall. And, I, and <laughs> I was selling health insurance at the time. So I chose a health share, which is like, you know, it's a, it's not even really a short-term plan. It's, a, it's, it's for a hundred bucks a month. And I'm like, hey, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. And sure enough, in, uh, you know in May of big C hits and I'm left with 50 60 thousand in, in medical bills
0: um, oh Jesus so
1: there's, the, there, there's a perfect example of uh, uh, you know take, trying to take the short way out and being being knocked around for doing it um,
0: uh, you, you but, said that you said that so casually dude <laughs> so, you it know is
1: what it is my brother I mean it's it's uh, you know the, the, the good this year of course we put me on it. it is an extra 260 270 bucks a month to put a spouse on, but I mean, I already hit my deductible in the first, uh, you know, first month of the, of the uh, insurance. So I don't even have to pay a a copay anymore. Mm. Peaky cat
0: oh man um, you know what no. dude i'm i'm sorry i hope i hope that's not too much of a financial burden for you um no i don't oh, I, I don't know how you got her financially but god i could do just saying 50 or sixty thousand dollars in debt makes like chills run down my spine It would take me fucking forever to pay that off i wouldn't be able to do it i'd probably have to declare bankruptcy if i was well actually i'd probably have to sell my house to pay off my debt well, you're,
1: <laughs> you're, you're you're very warm on what you just said so that's uh what what I had to do so uh, not not the house part but the previous part. And I'll explain it in a couple oh, yeah. weeks when it, when it's discharged. But yeah,
0: uh, right, well, um, good luck with that, sir.
1: Thanks, man. The one last thing was the the uh, payment defer uh, for the uh, or the moratorium on uh, evictions.
0: Right, um, right. Th-
1: you know, I think that's a good thing now for that most most lenders I'll give you an example we have uh, we did a refi and we were lucky enough to get with Wells Fargo now everybody hates Wells Fargo but Wells Fargo said hey we'll suspend you know we had 2 months of no payments because of the refi and right. Wells Fargo said hey we'll suspend your payments for 90 days uh, and we'll just defer it to the back of the loan to where it'll be three extra payments instead you know instead of right, you right. paying on the back of the loan and we're like, yeah, it's great, you know. So, you know, there's five months of payments, and then they just came out with something that said, "All right, we'll give you three more." So now we have six months of no payments that are all deferred to the back of the loan. It doesn't add anything to your principal. It just you're not paying the principal, so it's deferred to the back of the loan. So we're lucky enough to to get that. Uh, a lot of lenders are doing it because of the, um, you know, because of the COVID. But that's that's a case where it's deferred. I, I really don't think that the that the payroll tax portion of it is going to be deferred. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's, true. that's more, more long lines of a gift.
0: Right now the student loan thing is, is interesting to me. Um, part of it, I think is just cause I'm bitter because I, I paid off my student loan the traditional way by defaulting on it and have them take my taxes for several years. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> uh, but, but I guess that's a good thing, you know, um, it, it, it's hard enough for these kids to get a job these days and having like all these student loans hanging over them, uh, can't make it any easier. Uh, I, I still think they should have to pay it. I think if you borrow money, you should have to pay it back. When I hear all these things about uh, just abolishing the student loan debt that everyone owes, I don't think that's right at all. Um, no, if you have, totally if, you're, if you're having, if you're having problems paying it, you know, I, I could see setting up a payment plan to make it that's reasonable to, you know, even if you're only paying fifty dollars a month on your student loan. Uh, I still think you should have eventually have to pay off your student loan. You're the one who took responsibility for it. Uh, and I'm sorry if, like, your the field that you chose didn't didn't pan out for you, because uh, that's what a lot of the people are are saying, you well, know, they spend all this t- uh, type of money on a college education, and then like can't get a job in their field, so they're reduced to getting like non-college jobs, at w- which point it's gonna be in- fucking impossible to pay off your loan, because if you're making sure. twelve dollars an hour at fucking Myers, uh, and you owe eighty or a hundred thousand dollars in student loans, you're never gonna pay that shit off. Um, but it's you know it's hard to say. Oh, Goldie's saying his his uh, student loan is three hundred and fifty a month. That's a how big is, chunk of many, change.
1: What, what's your income, Goldie? The, between uh, you don't have to be specific. I used to actually consolidate student loans for people. Um, what's your what's your income between you and your wife, and how many people? Uh, how many dependents do you have? Because you can, if you don't make a ton of cash, um, you can get into what's called an income based uh, or an income contingent repayment plan, which is dictated by what your income is so if you have a family of four and you're only making 30 40 000 a year doesn't matter how much you could have a hundred thousand in student loans and your you know your payment for the student loans would be you know 100 150 bucks a month or something like that so um you know if you if you want if you want more info on that just uh just email me to uh, dave.drc01 at yahoo.com um, and you know if you're if you're making a hundred thousand a year, but you between you and your spouse, forget about it. It's not going to change. But um, <laughs> you know, it's if you're if you're struggling to get by and you're not making a ton of cash, you can you can probably save quite a bit of cash on that.
0: Right, right, right. Well, that's good to know. It's good to know we can come to you for uh, financial advice. <laughs> well, looking at the time, it looks like it's about time to wrap up the show. Uh, do you got anything you want to talk about really quick before we get out of here?
1: I'm good, brother. Just uh, just watching uh, UFC. Just uh, first. First two have been decisions, uh, split decision in the first one and the unanimous in the second one. So nice. I, I think I'm leading leadin our group or at least at the top of the top of the shelf.
0: Right on, right on. Alrighty. righty. Uh, well, I guess well, I guess we will call that a show then. show then. I want to thank everybody in the OG army for showing up. Uh, I can't do the show without you. Uh, I want to thank Cammy for sh- uh, calling in and doing a part of the show with me. It made it actually interesting topics rather than me just babbling on. Um,
1: <laughs> any, any time, but- brother. <laughs>
0: Uh, Tanner, you want to call in to finish this up or should I take care of it? I'm assuming he's probably going to want me to take care of it. Um, in that case, uh, I've got two things. First off, uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow at 6 o'clock where we will have a, yet another show, probably without Ryan since he's stuck in the fucking Stone Age, which is kind of appropriate. He looks like a caveman. Now he's fucking living like one. Uh, and, this, uh, and the second thing is the same thing it always is. Fuck all y'all. You guys have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye. Take care. Screw you hippies.